the life of a podcaster is tough. It's not easy, like some people seem to think. You work hard making podcasts, sometimes as much as four hours a week, and then nobody listens. And if they do listen, they certainly don't pay. And if they pay, well, I don't really understand. Today wasn't any better than the average day. I had to be up by noon, well, not up, but awake enough to wash the sleep from my mouth and prepare to record it too. What people don't seem to understand is that making podcasts is a matter of mindset. You could be having the worst day of your life, but so long as that episode needs to be up, you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. Put on a brave face, you hike up your pants, and call your friend a pedophile. That's the job. All of this is to say, it was an odd series of events that led me to sit down with Spencer. We normally worked in a trio. The triangle, as Euclid once said, is the strongest shape we've got. But Andy, our third, had a previous engagement he had to honor. The new Pokemon game had come out the day before, and there was little we could do to shake him from his duty. Spencer and I had both been feeling an itch. It was not, as some theorized, from a shared strain of chlamydia. Rather, we were both feeling artistically unfulfilled. We had done a Family Guy podcast for the better part of three years, and neither of us thought we were doing our best work. So, we had decided, along with our erstwhile third member, to branch out, explore the limits of what our little show could achieve. I had stayed in Philadelphia, doing bad stand-up comedy and trying to get laid by guys with a mediocre five, both in terms of their set and the inches of their penises. But Spencer had traveled in pursuit of satisfaction. To Richmond, to L.A., to Boston, even to New York City, the city of a thousand dreams. He wrote scripts, he performed music. He even made a second podcast that, despite popular appeal, was, you know, maybe not as artistically or creatively, or, you know, like, really, like, in terms of, like, even the guests they bring out a lot of the time, it was really not. But now, it was on a simple Discord server that we met, with no pretensions of artistry, or even of theme, or topic. It was life that would serve as our topic that day, art, and nature, and the idiosyncrasies of existing as a middle-class white 20-something in a mid-sized city. Spencer, you look really straight. Thank you. I feel gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how are vain. Oh, um, oh, Ty. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, goodness. How <laughs> oh, are we doing? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, gracious. Oh, golly. It's been, it's been a while. It's yeah. been like... Three what, days. Probably, probably close to three days, which in podcast yeah. time is almost seven days. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> hey, yeah. everyone. It's those good old-fashioned values, and no, it's... Uh, we're, we're, oh. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. This isn't this isn't an actual piece of art or even like content at all. This is just us having a this is just a, us having a fun conversation over dinner. Yeah, this is just the two of us. We're at we're at Applebee's we're at right Fag- now. Faglachinis yeah. in, in Bushwick. Um, yeah, we're at uh gay guyinis and we're yeah. having some <laughs> some fagioli. That's what we're eating yeah, yeah. right now. Didn't South Park literally make a joke like that? We're just kind of cribbing from South Park's playbook. Pro- I, I mean, probably, but right. What was fine. the What was the restaurant called in South Park? Uh, the Italian restaurant. I, I think it was know. literally called the Fagaccinis. Fagaccinis. That's great. Um, They're yeah. so much funnier than us. They're so much funnier than us. Yeah. The the two of them. Buca de Fagaccini. Yeah. <laughs> de, that's so good. It's so that's it's so, so much better than anything anything we would have. Yeah, called Buca that. de Fagaccini. Uh. <laughs> Oh man, that's incredible! Already, it's so fun. It, it's it really it speaks to the inescapability of certain patterns of behavior that you know we we come into this episode being like, oh, we want to have break from from our normal traditional, you know, talking about cartoons, and then within two minutes we're talking about cartoons again. Yeah, it's really, I, it really it really shows you the uh, the the impermeability of the human condition. You know, yeah, everything just eventually gravitates towards us talking about cartoons and that type of bullshit. It's I mean, if you think about it, it's really it's really like a potent commentary on the fact that that we really can't you know change our stripes. We're really we're really the same people deep down our whole lives. And yep, 
and you can make cosmetic differences, but it's really no. You're really you're really just playing out the same patterns that you've played out for you know decades upon decades. Yeah. Yeah. No. So so Ty uh, at a at this gay Italian restaurant, uh, how have you been recently? Uh, I've been okay. I'm feeling kind of in a rut recently. Mm. Um, Understandable. I don't know. It's part part of me is kind of like I found like a routine in my life but it's part of me thinking that that's like you know not giving me all of the space i need to grow and like do new things i um Mm. i don't know it's i think it's just kind of like uh ever everyone gets in like you know weird little uh funks every so often but yeah i don't know let's hope we yeah 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 i i'm I'm playing around with this idea for uh for like a short form comedy thing i want to do and i have no idea if it's going to be funny but was yeah. it uh was it your I mean if you don't want to get into it right no, now No, I can get your, into it. Was it your uh superhero show? No, well see that actually um we were we had technical issues and we kind of uh put it away on the podcast side. Now I want to try to shop it around and see if there's people locally who want to turn it who you know would like want to help make it into like a live show thing cuz I think it would work a lot better there. Yeah, so but, can um, you walk the audience through what that idea was? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what the idea was was that um, I was kind of poking fun at a lot of the podcasts that that open micers in a lot of, you know, maybe not even major cities, but like a lot of like, I mean, obviously in New York and LA, there's a lot of, you know, open micers with comedy podcasts, but also like just more mid-sized cities, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, I I know a lot of people in Philly who have them. I'm assuming there's a lot in like Chicago, yeah. um, you know, other big comedy cities, Boston, uh, probably. Richmond has a bunch. It's very funny. There, I, there's actually a surprising amount of open micers who I know from Virginia. It's very funny yeah. who I like, came up to Philly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, because I remember I was uh, at... I was at a bar in Richmond and there was a group of like five people and they were all talking about like doing comedy podcasts and how they were yeah. all going to do like a live comedy podcast show. And I was just yeah. thinking, it's like, man, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of them. I think because, I mean, as you can tell by this show, it's a very low barrier to entry. Uh, yes. you, you can, I mean, you can literally teach yourself how to edit. A lot of people aren't good at it. I'm fine at it, but like I'm, you know, self-taught. I think most people who get into it are self-taught. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a very low barrier to, barrier to entry, and I think it's like a uh, an easy project to conceive of for a lot of people who are new in comedy, looking for things to broaden their comedic horizons. It's why there's so many, you know, shows are li- literally just either me or me and a friend. Oh, we're funny. We're just gonna sit down and we're gonna shoot the shit about stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think that oftentimes that is not a very I mean, if you're very funny, it can be, you know, look at, Yeah. I mean, there are, you know, comedy shows out there, but I feel like a lot of people go into making comedy podcasts that are kind of unstructured and that leads to a lot of kind of meandering and, you know, not a lot of, I think, not a lot of spark to it unless you are like very, very creative and like you're very good at riffing on your own, which some people are. Um, yes. Which is why, you know, I will say that like, and I'm glad we're moving away from it a bit because I think that it, it was the, too constricting. It was like, stifling. It, it, it really it, was. It had like, okay, like it had a purpose. And I think like early on, especially before you and me and Andy found like our own, and this is so conceited to say, but found our sort of comedic voice or whatever. Like it was very useful to have that backbone yeah. but, but i but like, i think once we yeah. figured out where we were coming at it from comedically i do think it's stifling i think every yes. time we do one of those episodes it's like i don't like feeling like i am i'm indebted to this whole you know structure of like oh we need to talk about we need to literally just say what was funny and what was not about yes. an episode of television especially because like it is so hard i think i don't think any of us are particularly good at criticism i think you are probably the most experienced of us out of it. But I, I don't think, I think if you compare our like comedic chops to our media analysis chops, it, it, it blows out of the water. I don't think any I, of us are particularly good at it, but. So I, I would stand up for myself a little bit there. This I, is of not, course you would. Yeah. The, <laughs> f- fuck you. No, uh, this is not like the ideal format for uh, no, media of course analysis not. for me and generally since like I, I'm I think I am generally very good at it, but it's when I'm writing and mm-hmm. writing you get to 
revise and look through what you're saying and you're not you're not constantly you're not like there's not a gun to your head for an hour straight and you just have to think of like okay what do i say what sure. do i say and how do i carry I, this train of thought and and I, then, I will say that yeah. of the film criticism that i've read of you it is i think it is a significantly higher bar than the in the moment stuff and i think yeah. that's kind of natural because like if you are trying to dig deep into the essence of something i think it it is helped by having that time to reflect in a way where it's like i think a lot of comedy and not all comedy but i think a lot of comedy comes from spontaneity in a way where it's like it is making connections very quick and then kind of going off on maybe like tangents that you wouldn't expect to because you're not you are, i mean you are to a degree finding the fundamental truth truth of a thing but i think it is not in the same way where it's i think a lot of it is very incidental and i think a lot of it is more like i don't want to say shallow but definitely <coughs> oh god damn yeah, you. I'm so what, sick. You got a uh, dick appointment last night or something? No, I I just literally just cha- there was a sudden drop in temperature and it, it fucks up my immune system. I, every I have time. been sick for like yeah. a month straight right now. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's <laughs> the worst. Um, yeah, but yeah, I I think that in depth criticism is probably served more by having time to go back and reflect than comedy is. And I mean, a lot of comedy, like, it does involve writing. Like, the really good stuff, it does involve sitting down and really, like, cracking something. But I, I think that so much of it comes from the kind of or, – or, or so much can be gained from the kind of unique angles that you take through conversation and through, like, discussing topics in, in an oblique way where I think if you are trying to get into, like, the fundamental being of a piece of <coughs> – like <coughs> – <coughs> <coughs> Do you have AIDS? Like <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I think like every time it gets a little bit cold, my immune system is like, why don't you try having a little bit of AIDS? <laughs> just a little bit of AIDS. Just just a just. Why don't a, you just, just see what it's like AIDS. a little bit? See, yeah. it sucks because I'm I'm my plan is to cut this stuff out and then you comment on it, so I can't cut it out because that becomes the whole conversation. <laughs> you can cut out like most of it and then no, just I like I some of the more severe. We've been talking for the past minute about things that would not be understandable unless you heard me cough. All right, all right. I won't remark upon it anymore. Ugh. I'll giggle a little bit, but that's about it. That's fine. But, yeah, I, I think that... Oh, God, I, I'm going to have to get some water or something. <laughs> <coughs> this isn't funny. This is like a physical process. I don't know what is funny about me coughing. I legitimately am not sure what is funny about me coughing. It's just the just I don't know. You just have like this clear train of thought that you're going through, and it just keeps getting steamrolled yeah, by it's your annoying. system. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Oh, so so this is all to say then that I, I there's a lot of comedy podcasts that are based around just like bullshitting with your friends. Yes. And so the project that I had been working on with friend of the show Rob. And I'll let I'll let you guys guess which one. Um because yeah. we've had we have a couple. But the the premise was going to be it was kind of taking like what if that kind of like maybe not self-important, but like that kind of selfish word, like, oh, the bullshit I come up with is going to be, you know, funny and interesting enough, you know, for people to want to listen to. And what if it like what if it took it from that field of of comedy where it's like it's very natural feeling and it brought it over to like the field of superheroing you know the the like idea of like being like a like a mid you know a, a kind of shitty low tier superhero in like a mid-sized metropolitan area and just treating it in the same way that like you know open micers like the same self-serious way that like open micers who call you know, non-comedian civilians kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. look at their, like, the the podcast that they're doing. Um, and it didn't really work out, I think, partially because Rob is not as invested in that scene. So it, it was kind of an unfair lift to ask, like, hey, get into this mindset all the time. Yeah, And also just, like, the guests we were bringing on, a lot of them did not have, like technical experience with podcasts. So a lot of times the audio sounded really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not, I mean, that can add to the joke at a point, but if it is like nearly incomprehensible, it, it didn't fit the kind of feel I wanted to go for it, which was like, this was going to be like my very manicured project. This was going to be like the one where it's like, I put a lot of pride into the production of it. And if I could not get that out of our, the guests, it was like, 
I this is not something I, I want to spend this much time and, and resources on, especially if I have this podcast that we're doing right now. Yeah, as like a consistent thing. No, that makes sense. I really do yeah. like the idea, and I hope. I that think it's very funny. I I, yeah. I do think it has legs, and I want to figure out what like what I want to do with it. I just don't think that was the um, I don't think that was the avenue for it. No, but I really hope you can get like the the live show thing off the ground. We'll see. Since I think that would work really well as like a you know a monthly live format. Yeah, at, like, that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. Is you know get someone get the people get like a, a another comic to come in like put on a shitty costume you know mm-hmm. kind of like like fun Halloween vibes and then just like bullshit for an hour and I and then edit it and post there I think works a lot better than trying to do like a huge. You know, stage managed like thing with someone who you you are not sure what their setup is going to look like. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. I I one hundred percent agree. But uh, no, I like that idea a lot, and I do like the. Uh, I, I I don't know. I've scripted podcasts in general for me. Like they're they're something that it's a very very like hit or miss just thing well, generally. And that was, I also think the other big problem was that it wasn't really scripted. Like yeah. we, we had premises and we had, you know, some plot points in advance. We had like things where it's like, okay, this is the joke. This is leading to this is how we're going to get in. This is how we're going to end it. But a lot of it wasn't scripted. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I was kind of the worst of both worlds in that yes. like we were asking people to put in a lot of investment on the character front and like really get into a mindset. But without the kind of, I think, safety net that a full script would have provided. Mm. So that that's also kind of why I'm thinking where it's like, I think this would work better if we knew the people we were bringing on, like, had that ability to riff, like, that's something that they practiced, that's something that they were, like, very comfortable with in a way where it's like, I think doing it, especially not face-to-face, like, doing it over a computer, I think is very difficult, you know? Yes. So that was a very long... <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been going? Yeah, it was like a ten minute digression. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this, this, this conversation, this it's, dinner conversation, it's, it's is a very digressive. It's yeah, it's it's digressive by nature. But um, yeah, we don't have like a set topic or yeah, anything. Yeah. So yeah, talk about whatever bullshit you want to talk well, about. I was gonna say the um the thing that I am planning right now, which is very very stupid, but I don't know. I think there's maybe something there. Is the whole premise is like it's like a short form comedy thing where it's about like a, a guy who previous to the show like had just given birth to a cat but the thing is it's like a conversational thing and none of the conversations are about that mm. like he, he starts off he's being like yeah fuck like my my crotch like really hurts like because like you know the cat i just gave birth to and the person's talking about oh yeah anyway this is what it's like like being jewish in academia you know and it's a whole conversation about, I don't know. It's it's very stupid, but I want to, I think if it's like, if just the conversation is hit well enough, that could be, that could be something. I is, would this be like a, a video or? Uh, yeah, like a, I think it would be a video thing. Okay. Probably like. Yeah, no. no, that would work too. I think uh, you, you haven't fully sold me on the concept, but uh, I think no, I, that. I don't think it has to be the specifically the cat thing. That was just like yeah. the first, that was something I thought would be like funny and ridiculous. I like the idea of like, there is a premise implied by the title and by, by like the presentation of it. And there is like, so you go into it thinking like, oh, it's the joke's going to be about this. And then it completely blindsides you by like not engaging with that side of it at all. Mm. And so like, I think it would have to be something where it's like, not like super high concept, but like it's like clearly ridiculous. And that was just the first thing I came up with from like, oh, okay, that's that like kind of works as like maybe even like a placeholder, you know, just yeah. the idea of like, oh, there is something weird going on here. And then the whole joke of the thing is it swerves from the weird thing, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that again, it, it might need a sturdier foundation than the cat, but like, I think so too. Once, once you, once you find like a very good, just kind of like, dumb but very offbeat premise then i think that that kind of swerve would work very well but again you'd have to be it's a very like it sounds like a very tough like tightrope essentially you have to walk across where you're like acknowledging the the bit without like fully dipping your toes into it and staying far away and far away enough from it so the premise still works if that makes i don't even think 
I think the furthest you have to go is like pay a little bit of lip service to it like once every episode. I don't think you really have to touch it. I think the title of whatever the project is would like reference it. So people like come into this being like, okay, that's what it is. And then you reference it maybe once in like the entire conversation of the thing. And I think you're good there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is, this is the line that kind of got me into it that I think is very funny. And like, if you could include something like this in every episode, I think like that would be all you need to do with it where, where it's just the, the main guy, um, just being like, just at, at a random point in the conversation, just saying, uh, yeah. So they're saying I like, they ha- I have like a womb now, like a cat's womb, like, and then the conversation completely moves on from there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can see. I'm definitely, I'm getting a picture of this. I have a cat's womb now. Maybe yeah. you could, um, maybe you could do like a different, like high concept idea, like every episode. And then it's like the no. same. I, I don't know. I, I think that maybe like the, I don't know. I, I think that it could get repetitive if it's just the same one, but I, I, I see where you're coming from. My thing is like, Maybe if it was like a series of like sketches, but then at a point it just feels it feels like less like they are part of one concept and more like you're just reusing the joke, you know? Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But either way, there is the risk of like, you know, you're hitting the same beat with each one. So. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though, is that the joke, like, I think for it to work, it would have to be buoyed by like strong comedy writing in what the actual conversation ends up being. You know, like, I don't, I don't like the joke isn't, it's not like an anti-comedy thing. Mm. The the joke is like, ideally a genuinely funny, like comic sketch outside of that. And then they would all be linked by that through line of like, oh, here's this high concept thing we're not talking about, you know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like the the one, and again, this, I don't think this would work because I think it's too high concept, like alongside it but the one that like the the one that i was writing out it was like a proof of concept was like um the conversations is about the main guy's friend his girlfriend is cheating on him he works at medieval times and his girlfriend is cheating on him with one of the knights from medieval times and and i think i think that's a little bit too high a concept and then like they're kind of competing for space in a way that i i don't think i like but like that's the idea is like the the joke it's or like the the most of the comedy is being lifted by like the actual conversation but they are all tied together like by that high concept joke that exists on the outside you know mm, okay. that's kind of my that's my that's my idea anyway and it might not work it might and it might end up being nothing but that's that is what I've been playing around with right now okay very nice well yeah so you've got you know irons and a couple fires yeah yeah. What about you? You're still working on. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah, yeah. if you're cool with me doing my, you know, yeah, go for it. I just spent twenty minutes talking about my stuff. Okay, yeah. Andy's it's it's Andy's alluded to this before, which is very funny that he like makes references to something that only I and like my friend group knows about. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, uh, me and a couple of friends are like writing like a TV show that we're probably going to turn into a scripted podcast. Um, uh, that is about this like thirty-year-old just like hermit loser who watches like snuff videos in his house all day long. And um, it is autobiographical. Yeah, it is autobiographical. It is about me. Uh, It's about my life. Uh, All the characters are in it are me and I endorse everything they do. Yeah, exactly. And you wrote it while looking into a mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's why the show is called This is a Mirror. That's that's why I named it that. It's a sequel to This Is Us, yeah. yeah it's like a spin-off series. This is a mirror. Sequel to This Is Us is That's a this Mirror. This is a mirror, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And his uh his like overbearing mom just like kicks him like tells him like you gotta like get a job and make some friends or we're kicking you out of the house. And uh he he travels across uh, you know, the city and tries to make friends with people and doesn't work out because the the only people, you know, the only thing he knows how to talk about is like, you know, violent shit and gross shit and, you know, snuff videos and videos of like bugs getting eaten or whatever. And eventually I like um, that was a very fun de-escalation at the end there. Bugs yeah, it's like, eaten. yeah, you know, it's like like child porn and like, you know, fucking like one one maniac, one ice pick and also just like a guy yeah, squishing a no, bug with. Um, no, it, it's it's important. He doesn't watch child porn. He, he does not care about all of that stuff, which is right, like part right, of the I'm central sorry. 
comedic yeah. premise of the show. But as we've alluded to, so the it's only not auto- who- so it's not autobiographical at all. Yeah, no, it's not autobiographical. I mean, you know, you, you got to change some things or else sure. it's just like tedious self insert character. That's the thing that always annoys me. Is, you know, people are like, write what you know, and they think that means like you have to write specifically about your experience, and it's like, no, it means like digging into the fundamental truth of the topic. It's not. Yeah. So like, you can write what you know, you Spencer, without writing about somebody who watches child porn. Like it doesn't have to be one to one with your life. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will say just like to be earnest about that tangent is that like look write what you know is like one of the most like. One of the worst things you can tell, like, most new writers just because, like, they think it's like, oh, I'm going yeah. to write a TV show about me and my friends and all. Of, like, I think it's very good advice. Without context, I think you are correct. Yes. Yeah. With with the context, it's like, use what you know to write something interesting. Use your own experiences to yeah. and, give and a perspective also, to your concept. Exactly. And not even not even, like... All, like take from your own experience, but like find the parts of the topic that match up with how you have experienced the world, you know, yes. yeah, like no. find find that commonality between you and the topic. And then people just take it to be like, we should make friends, but about me and my two roommates, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I heard this story from a fellow Emerson alum that he was in like a TV pilot writing class and, uh, one of the kids just turned in and, you know, it's a pilot, so it's supposed yeah. to be like 20 pages. And they turned in an eight-page script about them and their gay friends. And that was all they did. That legitimately is, from what I have heard, sounds like they were probably in like the 50th percentile for annoying people in an Emerson screenwriting Oh, class. 100%. Yeah. No, at Emerson, like, I, I had to read so many, like, yeah, terrible yeah. fucking student scripts. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that And then just, and then the, you had to read other student stuff too, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 it's the eight page part that like really just like That's funny. It's just, <laughs> just not only you're doing that but you're so fucking lazy about it. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't even have any confidence in your premise yeah. where you can take it for the entire length of the project. You just like you're yeah. just like, yeah, me and my friends just hang out and then that's the entire it's just like two scenes and that's yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. thing. <laughs> I'd love to read that script and just see like all just like look at just like the grammar errors and shit since you know that there's some like crazy fucking sentences in that. that, I mean, I guess like if you're being like for me, it's it's funny to imagine that type of person is like the kind of like eager overachieving gay kid who like doesn't have any spelling errors, (laughs) you know, but there's still eight pages, but there's still there's still just eight pages because they fundamentally do not understand the assignment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that is actually great that that's like yeah, yeah. they turn it in like laminated or whatever, and it's just it's just that. No, um, but the the in the thing I'm writing. Yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. The no, it's fine. We're we're gonna get sidetracked on all this shit. We spent like f- five minutes talking about you having AIDS when we were talking about your superhero show. Oh Christ! Yeah. But uh, the only people who will like even give them a chance, since they have similar like transgressive interests, are like the last remaining holdouts of uh you know Nambla a, in a the Nambla area. type organization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the yeah. like you know the only people who didn't leave after the nineties, and it's like four different types of just shitty like old man. <laughs> And Wouldn't they, it be so you know, funny they, if that's what the Tom Cruise movie The Last Samurai was about? Yeah, the, 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 last, <laughs> the last guy who's in Nambla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just call themselves samurais because they're like, we follow a code. Yeah, they have like the little like ponytail or whatever. Do you they, think? The, do you think like Nambla guys like legitimately believe that they follow like a bushido code for dating children? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. Like again, I had I've done like a lot of research into like. Yeah, you had to like interview all your friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to yeah. like just look in a mirror for a couple hours. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. no, but etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But no, they these like what makes Nambla like so much different than like your your garden variety your garden variety pedophile is that uh <laughs> 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 no the, the has to stay five hundred feet away from a garden variety pedophile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that was rough. Yeah, no, uh, your basic bitch pedophiles, but um. They, they like think they're in love with kids and they think that they're like freeing them like yeah. they think that they're like they, they they're like they marched with you know like gay right and lesbian yeah, organizations back King, in yeah, the yeah. 70s uh, because like they thought like yeah we're liberating fucking kids or whatever what if, because we love them what if a bunch of Namla guys marched in the million man march <laughs> <laughs> you 
he's like, <laughs> I have a dream that one day a white ch- a white child will be able to play with a black child. And there's just a guy with the worst mustache you've ever seen being like, I have that dream too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Do you think around that time in like the 1960s that there uh, were like, like some pedophiles in the Million Man March, and then there was some who were just like, we got to keep the kids segregated. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I only I only sleep with white children. Like, yeah. That was a- <laughs> I, I have this. I only stay 500 feet away from black schools. <laughs> <laughs> They're like driving around like an yeah. ice cream truck that says whites only on it. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're hand, they're handing out candy that's got like a little like whites only written on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like the hearts that say love you on it, but it's they, says... they 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 somehow managed to only roofie the whites only fountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like why is the whites only fountain got like a jury rig fucking? Why is the whites only like fountain mechanism? have five hundred people passed out unconscious around? <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah. a pile. Yeah, yeah. There's just other. There's like a pile and then there's just more white kids lining up in front of it since they're just what? so yeah. racist. Hey, uh, Bill, quick question. Why around the whites only fountain does it look like does it look like a hitman level where you're trying to do the suit only silent assassin achievement? Yeah, why are like five yeah. really fat guys just like dragging kids away from it like yeah. after they take a single hey, sip hey, of water? Hey, Bill, why is Agent 47 hanging around the whites only fountain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agent 470 pounds. Agent four through seven year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Agent four to seven. There we go. Uh, No, but uh, yeah, they're the only, they're the, the the pedophiles are like the only people who will like even give them a chance. And they realize pretty quickly that this guy is like too annoying even for them. Like, it's like, we don't want this guy around at all. And what ends up happening is is that, you know, since they're old pedophiles, they spend all their time at, like, a bowling alley or just some haunt that, like, an old guy would go to. And uh, the 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 hermit dude named Billy, he, like, he eventually, he gets a job at the bowling alley and gets them, like, free access to bowling yeah. lanes or whatever. So they keep him around on, like, a strictly transactional basis. And a lot of the show, and we're in the middle of, the, like, writing the sixth out of 10 episodes and a lot of the show is like them trying to get Billy to care more about pedophilia when all he just wants to do is just like watch people like get into like construction accidents or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is the central pre- and like there's like a whole cast of like, you know, side characters and like various antics they get up to. There's one episode where like the pedophiles try and write a children's book, but they can't, they can't like, I don't know, they can't even figure out a premise and they get so caught in the weeds of like how to do it that it just like spirals out yeah. of control from there. And I, I will say, I, I've read the first episode and I, I do think like there's good joke writing in it. Uh, I, I'm interested to see like as it goes on, like how, because I think with the first episode, like a lot of that was building towards like, like, like built, setting up the, the scenario and everything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested to see because it does seem like, um, Billy, the the main guy, is like a bit of a cipher, and I I think like the show is going to really open up like when it is relying more on the pedophiles to like carry the stuff. But I I've not read those episodes yet, so I'm excited to see like, yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, I mean yeah. he is definitely like he's like sort of our entry point into the world, and he also like a lot of people told me like this would be unreadable if he wasn't like if Billy was also a pedophile, like they would just be like too much but no yeah no i just i mean like strictly because like his motivation is like i don't want to do anything and like i think that that is like i think it is interesting to see and i think because like you have that whole cast of like the pedophile guy is like yeah to to fill it out like i think that that is enough to carry like the um exciting parts of the show like and not because they are like a a colorful cast like outside of but I, I think it's interesting to see, like, or it will be interesting to see how the structure will, like, change to accommodate that, like. Yeah. Or, like, if they're, if you, like, are you guys actually, like, trying to make Billy grow at all? Or is that, like. He, yeah, I mean, it's, like, a very slow process. But, like, uh, as, like, as the season goes on, we're, like, we are trying to get him out of his shell. And, like, you know, we're trying to do the character development. Like, the whole, the whole, like, purpose of the show, whenever people ask me, it's, like, well, what's the point? Is that, like, it's the. You know, it's this guy, like, learning how to make friends, but as he, like, learns how to talk more with his friends and learns how to be a human being, he gets progressively, since his the main influences on his life are for pedophiles, he progressively just gets, like, worse and worse and worse. Like, uh, he yeah. in the second episode, 
you know, where they're trying to figure out, like, how can we get this guy to care about kids or whatever? At the end of the second episode, he, like, sees a kid, like, fall off the monkey bars and break his arms. And then he, like, b- basically jumps for joy. And the pedophiles realize, like, okay, this is how we can get him to care about this stuff. And slowly he does become, like, a more complete person. But it's okay. at the expense of him just becoming, like, a worse human being, basically. I see. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, it sounds cool. And I mean, I know you guys have been working really hard at it, so I'm excited to see what like what it comes when it is when the writing phase is like yeah. through and it is time to like put it into practice. Yes. And yeah. we do want to do like it into like a scripted show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, since there would be no this would not be like something you I could, don't like, think anyone pitch would pick to it up. An, yeah, yeah. Pitch to a network. It's like, hey, do you want to write a show about a guy who likes funky town and four pedophiles? Is that that I, like that Adult Swim would have a difficult time with that. Yeah, no. Like, if you brought this to the guys who made Mr. Pickles, they'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I would just, like, once just, like, to take this to people, like, you know, like, to the producers who made, like, Ted Lasso or something and just show it to them and be like, what do you think of this? Just very yeah. earnestly. Yeah, yeah. Just no indication that there's anything wrong with it. Just, like, it's like, yeah, I'm really proud of this. So what do you all think? <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. oh, and then they're they're like all of a sudden you're like, oh no no no, I'm sorry. These guys, they're in love with the kids. It's not like a sexual thing. Yeah, no, it's there's nothing. Yeah, they're they're in love with kids. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, sorry. They went to date. It's not. They're not like perps. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, they're not like like gross or sex pests or anything. Like they care a lot yeah, about yeah, yeah. kids. They they love them. Oh no 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 no. You you think they're like sex addicts? No, they're romantics. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. There's, there's in nothing, a lot of yeah. ways. In a lot of ways, Ted Lasso has a lot in common with these pedophiles. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ted Lasso could be one of the pedophiles on the show. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. No, in I fact, if you listen great. to uh, if you listen to to some critical voices on the topic, some would say that <laughs> Ted Lasso already. What the fuck are you doing, you fucking idiot? <laughs> I mean, fucking this fucking cat. She's on like her little cat you know mountain thing and she rolled over too far and literally just like fell off and she was like gripping onto the edge of it like fucking simba at the end of the lion king and i'm like that was so easily avoidable you fucking idiot you have like three cats in your house right four yeah four jesus man yeah since angie and i are thinking of uh getting two like angie's parents have uh two like main coons and Uh, i don't think you can say that I knew as soon as I think they're called Northeastern African Americans, my friend. (laughs) Let's 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 be respectful. Yeah, no, the the uh, but we're we're thinking of adopting them, and like in my head, it's just like it's gonna be like chaos. Like there's just gonna be dropped plate, and then you got four, and I guess it's a much bigger place, but still, goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, is it a much bigger place? I guess like your room. I mean, your room is like pretty pretty small, but like the you know you're in a whole house. I've just got like you know a. Like that's fair. A common yeah. room and then a bedroom. But it's the thing about our house is it's so narrow. It is. That is a yeah. narrow fucking house. Yeah, and like yeah. I it was like getting like when I visited you, I was getting like heart palpitations looking at the kitchen and just thinking about like trying to cook in there and like a single person <laughs> walks into the kitchen and then all of a sudden oh, you know, God, it's, it's a fucking nightmare. frogger. It, yeah. Yeah. No, you cannot have two people in the kitchen at the same time. It is a fucking puzzle by that point. Yeah. It's like you're playing Jonathan Blows the Witness <laughs> in, in that you are having to navigate physical space in ways you never thought possible. Yeah. Having a having a common communal kitchen, like it's one of those things that's like objectively necessary and that like individual kitchens is definitely kind of like a decadent luxury yeah no you don't need an individual kitchen at the same time i fucking hate using communal kitchens like jesus christ it is so there is nothing worse than like you got all your stuff ready and then like you have to wait for someone to finish making their ramen or you gotta you know like navigate around someone's fucking stir fry while you're trying to microwave something it's just i i hate it yeah i that is why i say my my ideal living situation at least at this point in my life would be um Probably like one room that is a bedroom with a bathroom and then a kitchen and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to live in, I basically want to live in a square. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah. that's fine. I, I, I really like the, the setup I have now. There's just not enough counter space in the kitchen. Like it, that's the one thing that like 
I need the the like luxury treatment for is I need a ton of counter space in the kitchen or else I get like insanely stressed out trying to find shit. I mean, we yeah. have a good amount of counter space. It's just there's no people space. Yeah. I need the counter space for getting fucked by a man. Are you happy? I need I need the counter so a man can bend me over the, the counter kitchen? and fuck me on the counter. That's really disgusting. Yeah, no, it's totally wouldn't unsanitary. You have a, wouldn't you have a bedroom for that? I, uh, I, I don't understand this fantasy world that you're painting for me. <laughs> uh, no. You, it, in the place where you keep your food? Yeah, yeah, no. In the place where I keep, where, you know, That's we have really food disgusting. where we eat. Yeah. Yeah. The table that we eat off is the table that I'm getting dicked down I mean, on every if, night. If that is what you are forced to... Mm. stoop to i would almost ask if the person you're having sex with could host because that seems really unsanitary yeah no but he he insists he, that he just comes over and just i said point out we have a huge bedroom there's a very spacious queen-sized bed he's like nope you know we gotta we're just gonna we're, i'm dicking you down on the counter right now it's like hmm. I, I don't even if have that, that much like, counter space if that was like a once a, like once like the heat in the moment i can get but if that's a regular occurrence i would maybe have a conversation with this man yeah no i i, I try to tell him it's like yeah. we have a queen-sized bedroom for this exact reason and you have like a studio apartment well too, but... to be fair all of your bedrooms are queen-sized <laughs> Yeah, no, but the the it, it's 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 a recurring problem. I I just have I just keep getting it's like I always like today's the day when I refuse to get fucking you know spread across the fucking counter. When I'm trying to make some pasta, and it's just always it, it never plant pans out. Pasta never feels like a, out. pasta feels like a tough one to have before bottoming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, at a yeah, a lot a lot of carbs in that. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Feels like you're fighting a, against time there. Or yeah, having no. anal sex, uh, yeah. Yeah, especially when you're like me and you eat like a whole like half a pound of pasta oh, when you gosh. eat a pasta. <laughs> I've I've been yeah, the- I've been eating more recently, but that's that's still crazy to me. I mean, that's like that's like less than a third of what I need to eat per day, like Insane. half a pound of pasta. I yeah. to me, do you know what eating a lot in a day is for me? Uh, probably not that much. It's like a full sandwich. Maybe some chips, maybe like a cup full of rice, and then maybe like an apple with peanut butter. And that's like for me, I'm like, ooh, that's borderline. I if I could walk you through what like a, a good eating day looks like for me, but I I think it would give you like I think I would thing. probably get a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, should we do it? Should we walk through yeah, what the, sure. the Spencer diet? Okay. So start of the day. In an ideal world, I would have my uh apple pie oatmeal ready like <laughs> yeah apple pie baked oatmeal there's a really good recipe for it on youtube that uh it's it's very tasty and then i have that then i get home i usually have like a bagel and a power bar and maybe uh like a muffin too if i really need to carb load before working out after that, uh, when I get home, I usually make dinner. And dinner is like preferably like a rice and meat type situation, like chicken and rice um, or like beef and rice. But uh, a lot of the time, it's just like I make a full pound of pasta. Half of it goes to me. A quarter of it goes to Angie. And then a quarter goes in the fridge. And okay. uh, that's respectable. Yeah. And then yeah. usually to cap off the night, I'll have like a sandwich which is where i can put like you know my greens in like if i didn't didn't put broccoli and like the meat or whatever then i usually like try and nah, put a bunch of spinach the, and this shit eating the cabbage sandwich foe i literally like my my process no, actually, for cabbage sandwiches sandwich goes off. are you kidding me yeah yeah ca- that that would be good but uh no my process for making sandwiches is just like what do i need to eat today to hit like macronutrients and what do i have in the fridge that's about yeah. to go bad that makes sense and that's Usually just make like a fridge sandwich, basically. And after that, I've probably still got a little bit left over calorie wise. So I'll probably like have some like ice cream or something just to round it out. And that's okay. a that's a whole day of eating for me. And it's like 33, 3600 calories. Oof. Yeah, it's 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 like nice to be able to eat whatever you want. But like when you have to be consistent about it, it gets very exhausting. Like it's like midnight and you're eating like a pound of ground beef or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, that feels like a lot. Yeah, no, but uh, it is it is the life of someone with who is six foot three and has a psychotically high metabolism. 
Mm. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you okay? Did you did you survive that? Yeah. No, I had the dissociate, or else I would have had a full on Lovecraftian psychotic break. Yeah. If I if but, I uh, actually took in everything that you eat in a day, I would have been looking at you like you were one of the guys from Innsmouth. Yeah. <laughs> just a fish fish guy just devouring sandwiches. I mean, to be fair. Hmm. <laughs> Ty's Ty's saying I'm biracial. No, I'm so, oh, no, I was saying you look like no, a fish. Ty's implying I'm biracial. No, and that's no, no, bad. I was that's what Ty you, was no, getting at. I was at. actually saying that you look like a fish. Yeah, no. Ty, I got to ask, how What's is up? the uh this is just a since it's something I've been thinking about. How is the bar scene in Philadelphia? Pretty good. Okay. Again, I don't I, I don't have too too much to judge it off of because I I I'm not a big traveler, but I really like a lot of the bars in the city. Okay, since yeah. uh we've had this conversation before, but it sucks how little fun things there are to do like as an adult basically. Yeah, like it's mostly bars. You know, we yeah. yeah, I rip like we rip on barcade people because, you know, barcades are awful, but well, I get because, it. Because I mean, they're not really yeah. people so much as like enormous children who are half yeah. made of like Rick and Morty boardwalk well, t- t-shirts. Yeah. No shit. I, I was walking around Richmond uh, last night and there was like there's a barcade here and there was like a line out the door and it was like midnight. Like there was like a yeah. Miami yeah, club yeah. line out the door for it. And then it, it was like it was. So like in the moment I was like, should I like go in? Like that place must be happening. I'm like, no, it's, I fucking shouldn't. Popping. What? Yeah. Damn the Dave. <laughs> no. Damn the Dave and Buster's popping tonight. Yeah, yeah, no. But like I I I get it why that's there. But uh, no. But I, I it is what? just like bars are the only thing you can do as an adult. Yeah, and I I will food. say, barcade is like a concept, kind of annoying. There is a bar here called Barcade where it is like just a bar with a bunch of like old arcade games. Very, very cool experience. I'm a big fan. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's like fine if you just have like, you know, a bar and you got maybe like a pool table and then you got Galaga somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like drinking and playing video games is fine. Awesome. It's just like Best when feeling, yeah. most of the barcades, like they have like, you know, like like a coin system or whatever, like you have to buy fun tickets to play the arcade and then, you know, it's the beer is always like ridiculously oh, overpriced. Of yeah, if, yeah. if there was a dive barcade, I think that would be like the ideal setup. That's kind of what the barcade. I mean, it's not like a dive bar, dive bar, but it's like it yeah. is. It is not as polished as like your Dave and Buster's is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a my favorite bar in the Richmond area is like one where there's like it's called it's Slavey, like, it's called Slavey Whippingtons. Yeah, no, no, this place yeah. is too divey. It's like, it's more like, uh, you know, indentured servants. Yeah. Uh, indentured indentured <laughs> servants deans. Then uh, a dive bar in Virginia is called 1866. Because <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing they can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, a dive bar in Richmond just called jazz music. Yeah. <laughs> Uh no, but the one that's just like it's so... like we have a we have a bar in Philly uh, called Tinsel where it's like the whole thing is like it's very Christmas themed all year round. Yeah, and I feel like oh. I've, I... can you imagine working there? I like, can. I would, it sounds like hell, but I imagine I would shoot myself yeah. in front of like the first person who didn't tip me. It's like hell. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm reenacting. It's a wonderful life. You want to see? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, the equivalent in Richmond would be called Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like a horror-themed experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have one where it's like Columbus Day all year long. Yeah. Mm. No, uh, but there's like, so there's like a really trashy one where they like have like an, have an, a house beer. That's like $8 a pitcher, and it says on the menu, don't complain about how it tastes. And I am pretty sure it is just watered-down PBR. That's like, that's my favorite bar in the area. That's pretty cool. Since you know what? It's just, what? I've become a big PBR head. Really? Since yeah. I, I, I'm not a fan, but uh, go off. It's literally just because it's always the cheapest one at the bar. That's fair. That is yeah. totally fair. I like, uh, uh, as cheap beer goes, I like Miller High Life, but a lot of bars don't have that. That's fair. Yeah, no. It, it I also is, like, a, you know what? I, I'll what? even fuck with the Bud, Life on occasion, Bud Light on occasion. Yeah. No, Which is no, funny because I, I went like through my whole life being like, ugh, I hate beer. Beer is swell. And then I was literally forced to by just like constraints of budget to just drink a lot of PBR. And I'm like, 
actually beer kind of goes off. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I. I mean, like ninety. Like it's funny. My dad is such like a beer nerd, and like he'll like always. Oh God, have some, same. Yeah, so yeah. like he'll have just like like yeah. this thing called like like the fruity twist in the fridge, and no, that isn't about me. They didn't make a beer off me. And it'll be like nine point eight percent ABV. Oh no! Like I, I wouldn't even think that. Fruity Twist is the name of the dance you made, though, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's me. It's a mirror. It's a you know the whole the whole whole, whole shebang, and it tastes really good. But like, it feels like I'm drinking like syrup, and then after I have it, I have to like go to sleep because it's yeah. it's like when I want to when I'm drinking a beer, I just want to like mellow out a little bit. Like I'm not trying to get like trashed or get exhausted i'm just trying to like you know have have a good time and it, it it's just with those like really hoppy ones it's just it's too intense for uh for what i want but yeah no yeah. uh what uh what do you get a uh, mixed drink wise ty i am a big vodka crayon head vodka crayon that makes sense vodka crayon's yeah. the classic yeah no you very yeah. very woman um, what can I say? I I just remember this tie. I I I I will say my mixed drink is usually like, I mean, if there's like a fancy place, it's get like, like a mule Tito's or with cum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's like, can you like put some jism in that drink? Can yeah, you, can you, you like me... into the into the glass for just just a second? Yeah, can you you know can you get me a rum and coke, but like bust in it just real quick around the around the rim instead of rubbing salt? Can you like rub the tip of your cock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my go-to. But um, can you can you make me a margarita, but around the rim of the glass? Can you just do pre-cum? So Ty, you yeah. know how like lesbian bars across the country are disappearing, right? There's only like, like eleven left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a lesbian bar at in Richmond. Um, yeah, and you you own it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I own yeah. it. I own like a trafficking ring out of it. But um, no, it's a. Uh, they have a they have a a dress code, a ten dollar cover fee, and in November 2022, they make you show your Vax card there. So it's like, man, maybe, maybe, it, maybe there should be ten lesbian bars that's, instead. That's very funny. A lesbian yeah. bar making you show your Vax card before before you go in, because like you know, like eighty percent of those women are going home to get hit. Like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's that's a joke about lesbian domestic violence statistics. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, it's uh yeah they they should shouldn't have a dress like the dress code should be no brass knuckles I think that should be yeah. the <laughs> that's all they should have no but like they they'll you know you can't like wear like crop tops or anything if you go in there and it's just like what's the point of going to a gay bar yeah I'm going I'm going to the lesbian bar where you have to wear a Catholic schoolgirl uniform yeah, yeah well that would be like that would be, be that would actually better. be dope that would that would be pretty hot frankly yeah. but the the yeah. the one where it's like yeah you can't wear like you know short shorts or a crop top it's like why not just open like a Wells Fargo then? <laughs> like why why yeah. a gay bar? Oh no no I'm so sorry. You're saying you said this was a gay bar. I think it's actually an Ann Taylor Loft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're confused. Yeah, no. I, I I wasn't I wasn't aware this was a private school that I was attending. My mistake. Uh no. It's it's like the whole point of gay bars is to get like a little slutted out with how you dress. And then there's just like, yeah, you can't wear you can't wear sure. like crop tops or anything. That's very silly. Yeah, no. Is that it, just it, it like is... a, so like just like a butch lesbian bar? Like, what is? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, when I went there, like there were some like butch girls, but there was like it was mostly just like ECU students. They're butch men. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. No, These was... days. Yeah, folks. Holy moly. No, but uh, it was it was mostly <laughs> folks, just like you hear about this. There's no VCU, butches left. VCU like goth girls or whatever. So I I think it's just like you know a a bar for you know gay people who don't want any of the fun stuff of being gay they just want that's the most stuff. gay people these days yeah that is the folks yeah, that's yeah. most gay people that's am I most right? gay people these days y'all heard about this oh boy oh oh man no it's so funny because we started this off with like a like an in-depth talking in the discussion about art and now we're just like damn aren't gay people stupid as shit I mean, that's what like most like Ty. We've hung out a bunch. That's like what most of our conversations just like yeah, narrow down to. Yeah, yeah. It's either like Spencer, you're gay, or I hate gay people, or I hate gay people, and especially Spencer. I hate you because you are a gay person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one one of those. Yeah. But no, it is it is very easy to uh, very easy to complain about it. But what uh what are the bars you like in Philly? You don't have to name uh, them, so you don't have to dock drop yourself. But. <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of the ones that I go for for comedy, I'm a big fan of. Like Fergie's in Center City's great. Um, J.J. Mallon's is fun. Uh, St. Lazarus, where they do Comedy John, is also a fun time. Um, mm. I like um, Graffiti Bar can be fun from time to time, although that's kind of like very like if you're trying to look cool rather than if you're trying to have like a really, really big night. Um, uh, 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 oh, gosh. What is the – I think it's called – let me – what's the name of it? Uh, Good Dog is a very, very cool bar, right? Or am I – is that the right one? Good Dog? Good yeah, Dog. I don't – I don't know shit about Philly. No, I'm talking about, yeah, Good Good Dog is a really, really good bar. Um, Good Dog is very cool. It's got like a whole game center up up top. Fucking Woody's, I I just mentioned, but that's like a, it's more like a gay club. And I'd say gay club in like quotation marks because like 80% of the people who go there are straight now. Um, Most gay clubs are. That's a lot of gay clubs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah. No, Good Dog is great. Woody's is fun. Graffiti is cool. Um, Barcade, like I said before, is pretty fun. Um, oh gosh, what's the one? The Irish one near Barcade, which is pretty good. Um, An Irish bar in Philly gotta go crazy. That's gotta be really well, good. Well, it's it's cool because the guy who works like the guy who has worked the bar every time I've been there is just like an actual Irish guy, like from Ireland, and he's very very cool. Yeah, no, that's tight. I want to go there next yeah, time yeah. I'm in Philly. Let's hit that. Let's hit that place up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's L Bar, which is also in Norlib, which is a very very fun one. Uh, they has mm. got like one of the best outdoors of any bar in the city. So nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Sorry, I'm 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 just getting like full autistic right now. Um, <laughs> it's fine. People <laughs> like it. Yeah, no. But Not yeah, sure. it, it, it's, it's a but Philly's a good bar city because everyone here is either a drunk Irish person or a drunk Italian person. Yeah, no. It's it's a it's a good place. It's it's you know, you judge yeah. uh you judge the quality of a bar city by the the quality of white trash you got there. So that yeah, um, yeah. that is a perfect place for there to be a lot of really good bars. I have not really been impressed by the uh, bars I've been to in uh, New York City, but I there there's probably yeah. like a hundred I haven't been to. I also think yeah, I think also just like there's probably so many where it's like hard to probably sort the wheat from the chaff, and also yeah, I don't know. The, the New th- York bars like. Even like the ones people really like, there's just something that just, I mean, I've been to one really good one, which was pretty divey and they had like cheap margaritas, but like a lot of the like famous ones, like, like mood ring or whatever, they're just like, I, I don't know. There's just like a vibe I get that I just don't like from those places. Maybe I'm just that too autistic. Sense. No, it's, I don't know. New York seems like a tough city to like find the, cause it's the, one of the coolest cities on earth, like to visit, but like, it feels like a tough city to like find a place that works for you yeah or in. Like, there, find yeah. something like authentic there as gay as that sounds like it does sound pretty gay you're right that's why does. i didn't say it is because yeah. i i would admit i didn't have authentic in my head but i did have a similar word in my head and i was like if i say that that's gonna sound too gay so i moved away from it yeah so no. i'm glad you i'm glad you jumped on the i took that bullet for you but hand grenade Murphs, yeah, no. by the way, was the Irish bar I was thinking of. Murphs. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that place. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a fucking phenomenal place. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, looks like our check is here. So uh, do you think <laughs> we should head out? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I totally forgot to order my dinner. Um, I, I don't know even what we're paying for. Oh, I had the foie gras. I didn't order that. Yeah. But I, I ate it all, it seems like. So I guess, I guess we got to pay. Yeah, no. Uh, I had the lobster. Oh wow! Oh gonna... boy, this is. Can we? Should we? Should we dine and dash? Should we dine and dash? Yeah, let's let's dine and dash. If you want, here, if you want to help us pay for our bail after we dine and dash, go to Patreon.com/slash/tgofv for this, episodes like this and many more. Yeah, uh, we're kind of we're kind of branching out. We're we're fe- we're feeling our oats with uh with new formats. So yep. go check out all the stuff we're doing over there. We're probably gonna have a couple of seven dollar episodes going up in a little yeah, bit. So but... all right, you ready? You ready? One, two. two. What? This guy's trying to dine a dash. Get him, get him, get <laughs> no! him up, sir. Get him up, sir. <laughs> All right, bye bye.
All the other customers seem to have left after Spencer got arrested for trying to dine and dash. In fact, I left with them, lost among them in the bustle and confusion. I treated myself to a lift. There wasn't a street, wasn't a building that didn't remind me of some memory or another. In that bar, I gave a stranger top. In that club, I gave a different stranger dome. And in the bathroom of that McDonald's, I gave another stranger neck. When I finally came in, my roommates and I got in a fight. I don't even remember what it was about. I was too busy reflecting on my dinner with Spencer. Spencer.